Once Upon a Time. The other day, have you heard the news? These are all beginnings to stories and stories that we share with others. Our brains, because you know, here comes the neuroscience geek in me. Our brains are hardwired for stories. They just love to listen to a good story. But how do you tell a good story? And why do we tell good stories? You are going to love today's guest, Lisa Bloom, who's going to talk all about stories. And depending on when you're listening to this, her book is coming out in days, literally days, and you'll want to sign it because you have the opportunity to get a free copy of her digital new book, which is going to be jammed pack and you'll learn more about it. So let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lorian Murabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Hello, everybody. I have a huge treat for you today. It's a topic that I am so passionate about, and I found the perfect person to actually talk to us about this. And her name is Lisa, Lisa Bloom. She is founder of The Story Coach, and she works with organizations, developing leaders, creative yet resilient cultures, and leading professional change process with the power of storytelling. She works with entrepreneurs and business owners to help them find confidence, attract the ideal clients, and find their success story. And she trains coaches to use storytelling as a powerful approach to attract um, their ideal clients and grow their business. She is a professional storyteller. I can hardly wait to learn more about that. An accredited coach, author, mentor, and leadership expert. Her groundbreaking techniques have enabled her to grow her business and take to the stage where she actually speaks internationally about this approach to business, leadership, and coaching. Please help me welcome Lisa. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I had that so stage, that stage theme going on. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, I have like these two fun questions that I've been asking all of my guests. And they are, first one, what are you super proud of? Oh, my goodness. Um, what am I proud of? Well, I'm proud of the book that I'm launching this week. Um, just super excited and proud of that. Um, but I guess what I'm really most proud of is the ability to, uh, is, of having built a business around my family. So um, that was a very conscious decision coming from corporate to create um, really a life that or a business that supported my life versus you know a life that supported my profession so it was a very very conscious shift at a certain point in time and so having been able to build that business while bringing up my kids uh, being based at home mostly and working with clients all over the world I, I'm pretty proud of that I, I actually don't stop to acknowledge that very often so it's nice to, to answer that question it's really wonderful to hear also and we might have to touch on that how you built your business around around your family and about your life so question number two is what habit could you not live without oh my goodness um my morning walk so 
when I, you know, pretty much first thing in the morning, I, you know, the excuses I take my dog out, but really what I'm doing is I, I do this kind of mixture of morning meditation, morning prayer, just a morning walk, one, one walk without headphones to listen to a podcast, without phone calls, just a moment to kind of land in the day and get fully present. I think that's probably the most important habit right now. Yeah. 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 Especially right now. How long have you been doing that? Um, I guess I've been doing it for about eight years now. Yeah. It's pretty much a habit. Although funnily enough, when we were between dogs, <laughs> I found that it was harder for me to be as uh, to sustain it quite as much because, you know, you don't have the excuse and then you cut corners. So I think creating a structure, whether it's a dog or whether it's a timing thing, just to make sure that you actually do it is, part, is you know, important for any habit. Um, you know, there are lots of habits that I think are important to to my well-being and therefore the people around me, their well-being, the family, my clients and so on. Um, but starting the day well is super important, I think. I couldn't agree more. I love the quiet mornings myself and... Um, yeah, do have that routine. And I, I think I would answer the same, the same way. It's like my morning routine yeah. does set the tone for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the reason why I had to have you on the show was because of storytelling. I am so passionate about storytelling. You know, one, as you and I are both mutual professional speakers, and you know that, you know, like when we're up on the stage, I mean, it's the power of storytelling that helps our audiences like really see what we're talking about. And almost, you know, like it's, they become part of the experience. Mm-hmm. But how did you become, and, or how did you like become a professional storyteller? How did you get into this particular area? So, um, so my background is actually in organizational learning and development. And I found initially that I loved being in the classroom and kind of this whole thing of adult learning and that moment where something shifts in a person in a classroom is like really exciting. But I began to notice that I was telling stories quite spontaneously just because I guess it was just something I naturally did. And I began to notice that something shifted in the classroom when I told a story. So people would um, just engage differently. They would either lean in or lean back, but like there was a physiological shift. And what I noticed was not only were they interacting better, communicating better, more engaged, but they're actually retaining the learning better. So it actually was a, a help just to the whole, the entire experience. And so while I might have started it ad hoc and just spontaneously, I began to plan for it, build it into curriculum and really work at it. And um, just got really interested in this whole thing of story. And then some years later, when I just really by accident landed upon a storytelling performance, I, I had that amazing experience that I think some people recognize when you're doing the thing that you really ought to be doing in the world. So I, so I walk into this place and there were storytellers up on the stage and a big audience and they started to tell stories. And I, I felt like almost the walls were shaking, like this feeling of, oh, that's what I do. Like this is, it's called storytelling. That's what it is. And I was so excited and I immediately signed up for a course and I started learning with one of the storytellers from the stage and really learned the art and craft and, you know, and ultimately the science, everything of storytelling really got into it because it just felt like this is what I have always done. I just didn't know what it was called. And the interesting thing was when I started telling people close to me that I had signed up for a storytelling class, they were like, oh, yeah, 
And I'm like, what do you mean? And they said, well, you've been telling stories your whole life. What, you didn't notice? And I was like, well, not really. <laughs> and people would tell me about how, you know, 10 years previously or 20 years previously or as a child, I would tell stories and I really wasn't that aware of it. But as soon as I started on that path, I noticed I had all these storytelling books that I had gathered over the years. And I had I'd really been very passionate about story my entire life, firstly through reading and then through just the art, you know, the, the, just being enamored, asking questions and, and wanting to hear people's story all the time. The minute I could merge it into that professional path, it just really took over. Like that was the thing, you know, really yeah. exciting. Wow. That's wonderful. So, I mean, let's just dive into stories. I mean, are there certain stories that you feel that either corporations need to have um, or entrepreneur, mostly entrepreneurs? I mean, that's who's mostly listening to this podcast. Like, mm -hmm. are there some foundational stories that you feel that, like, here's what you got to have? Yeah, and I'm glad you use the plural with the word stories, because I think there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, you have to find your story singular. And I do believe that we as individuals and as organizations, as companies, we have many, many stories. So what I'm really interested in is teaching people how to tell stories so that they can take these, you know, story worthy moments or story worthy situations and create something magical out of that. Uh, you know, you hear some really fantastic stories of um you know, crazy things that have happened to people. And, and then people would come to me and they'd say, well, I don't have a near-death experience or I didn't, you know, I didn't do this outrageous thing. Can I tell a story? And I actually find that it's the small moments, it's the everyday moments that can be really moving and really beautiful stories if we know how to craft them well. So, so yes, I think there are many, many stories that we need to uh, create in order to be successful in business. And not least of which are the stories that are what tells our prospective client that we're the right person to help them in whatever it is. Yeah. So the story that creates the credibility of our own experience, but also the story that the client or the audience can hear and recognize in themselves that, that kind of resonance, that sense of, Oh, I want that. Or I, resonate with that or I really want to work with her she's the person who who needs to help me in whatever it is I want to solve and for companies for organizations you know it's like the product story it's the team story so everybody can be together and work efficiently it's the leadership story how do what story do I tell as the leader of this group or this organization so there are many many stories that are really critical to to building up so much of the engagement and the inspiration that we want to create in our businesses and having come from the leadership development arena that I also came um, from before this, that, you know, that's another place that you and I have a lot of commonality. Mm -hmm. and, and I, I used to say that all the time, like you, like leaders, you got to have your story, like to be able to be sharing that story constantly with your team so that you build that, you know, it's part, it's part of your culture. And, um, and usually the most admired, admired leader leaders and the most successful leaders are great storytellers. And so sometimes it comes naturally and sometimes it's something they have very intentionally developed. And that's often where I come in, where I help people craft these very powerful stories for their leadership and for their teams, for their organizations, for their products. Or with entrepreneurs, the ability to talk in a compelling yet very authentic way about what they do so that people are naturally attracted to that and people naturally want to find out more. Oh, wow. So, um, can you share any secrets about your unique process and, and also just how you came up with this unique process? 
sure. So I, you know, I, I've tried an awful lot of things as every entrepreneur does. I mean, I, I think that in many ways I was, I had to reverse engineer because I could tell stories. I mean, I trained as a performing storyteller, so I know about stage presence and I know about how to craft a story and I know about how to tell a story for performance. And so, you know, I learned all that and I started to do that. And then when I began to think about, okay, how can we use this for the business? I had to, in a sense, reverse engineer to figure out, okay, if this is the outcome that we want, where do we start and how do we move forward? And I think that... um there's all the obvious things around, you know, great story structure and all the different elements of story that have to be really strongly present in a story. But if I can give like one or two tips that I think are the most important, um, one of them is that I think that um, it's very, very important to tell the right story at the right time to the right audience, because if your story isn't relevant, it doesn't matter how engaging the story is, it's not going to work in a business context. And very often we have, and that's the danger, by the way, of the single story. Like we have one story we tell everyone and it only resonates with a small group of people. So the ability to understand who you're telling this story to, who is your audience in that moment? And what is it that's going to, what is it that's important to them? What's going to resonate with them? And then pull from your own experience the right moment to share as a story. And so, you know, if I'm, Working with, um, and I'll give you a good example. I was, I was actually interviewed by a CEO of a company who was looking for personal coaching around presentation and storytelling. And I, I walked into the room and like many CEOs, he just began to talk about himself and he talked for about 15 to 20 minutes nonstop. And, and it was very interesting. He was a super smart and very accomplished person with lots of different interests. But he, um, when he finished that 20 minutes, he kind of said, okay, so what is it, what is this involved and, um, how much does it cost? What do you charge? And so I, I smiled and I said to him, so maybe I could tell you a little bit about my story. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. And so what I did was I had listened very carefully to what he spoke about. I learned an awful lot about the kind of things that he was interested in. He told me that he had traveled. He told me that he was um, a lifelong meditator. He told me that he was interested in, in, in culinary arts and, and so on. He, I, I knew from walking into the office that there was beautiful photography on the wall. So there was a certain aesthetic that was important to him. And so I could, in that moment, pool the experiences that I had had that I knew he could relate to and therefore tell the most relevant story about my own experience. So rather than talking about perhaps the engineering projects I'd done or the engineers I'd worked with, I began to talk about the more creative organizations that I'd worked with. And so I could, I could really find the most relevant story of my own experience and very personal, very specific, because it, it doesn't work to be general. You have to be very specific. And that the minute that resonated by the end of it he said okay I'm sold when do we start and he didn't even ask the price at that point I could have charged anything you know he was like I'm in like can we start this week and so that was such a wonderful example of finding that resonant you know that that resonant theme and then being able to get really personal and that by the way is the second point which is talking in a general way doesn't work with storytelling you have to get really specific you have to talk about you know it was Tuesday it was the middle of winter it was 5 p.m. and already dark and it was pouring rain 
and then it's suddenly like you're you're planted in a story and you're wondering what happened next <laughs> and that's how you know that's how you have to tell the story so you get specific you make sure it's relevant and you make sure that the theme is going to resonate with your audience so yeah there's some kind of basic guidelines and and ultimately what it comes down to is paying attention in your own life to these moments which i call story worthy these moments where there's some kind of a shift, some kind of a pivotal moment. You're not quite the same after as you were before. And you're able to build that out into and craft it out into a story that's going to resonate with your audience. God, I love that. So first off, as you were talking about Tuesday and raining, I could feel myself like leaning into the computer yeah. here. Yeah. To like, like, yeah, okay, go on. Um, yeah, and you know, it's one of the biggest mistakes people make. They tell, a, they tell about the story rather than tell the story itself. So, for example, you know, you ask um, a person to share of a time where they were adventurous and they might say, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to, um, you know, I used to, I guess I used to kind of sneak out and go into the forest. And, you know, it's kind of very general and it's not specific. And then when you turn around, and you say, so it was, you know, it was usually on a Wednesday. It was midnight. I'd set my alarm and I creeped out of the house really quietly so nobody would see me. I walked down to the bottom of the garden. I opened the gate. And when I walked into the forest, it looked like there were monsters leaning in to just open their gates to me. You know, and as you begin to talk this way, people are like, oh, you know, they're holding the edge of the table saying, what's next? And, and that impact is just night and day from the general kind of, yeah, I used to do this or I used to do that. It doesn't draw people in. It just feels almost inconsequential. So it's being able to, you know, really awaken up this moment, like re reinvent this moment that this thing happened and, um, and just invite people in, in, in how it looked and how it felt and how it smelled and, and, and everything so that you have that sensory experience and you really feel like you're reliving it. And people at this point will sometimes say, well, do people really want to hear that? And if it's relevant, they do. If it's relevant, it, it invites you to experience something in yourself as a listener that either you've forgotten or you didn't even know was in you. And that's like the magic and the beauty of storytelling. I love how you just did that almost like a before and after so that, mm -hmm. so that everybody um, who's either listening or watching it like really experiences the difference of the, okay, I used to sneak out at night versus, Oh my God, really? Like, I, like I can feel myself like walking down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh, yeah. That's just, it's, it's fascinating how, um, how you did this. So, I'm curious uh, with this, like the CEO example that, that you shared with us, is it about getting good at this or, I mean, you mentioned being observant, but you basically told a story on the spot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. was that a new story or something that like, I know this story and I just kind of changed it and altered it for him. Yeah. So um I guess the real trick is to be able to tell a story as if it's as if it sounds like it's the first time you've told it, even if you've told it a thousand times before. Mm -hmm. um, and I think oftentimes the same experience can be almost morphed or crafted into a story in lots of different situations. But I don't recommend people just wildly grasp ideas and try them out for real first time. You know, I, I do think that there's an art to this. I think we need to understand 
how to build out a good story, how to create the right structure, how to really lean into the points that are most important. Generally, when people share a personal story, and by the way, I don't always just use personal stories. I also use fairy tales and folk tales and all kinds of interesting um, urban legends, like all kinds of stories and, and business stories and testimonial stories. Like there's so many different kinds of stories. So it's not just the personal story. But generally, when we tend to tell a story, we tell it we tell the version of it that is the truth as we believe it to be. Mm-hmm. And it, with every single detail, because that's how we lived it, or that's how we heard it, or that's what we believe it to be, whether or not the, all those details are relevant in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when I'm helping people craft a story, I say to them, okay, this little piece of information, while it might be true to what happened, is it relevant to this particular audience? And usually it's not. And it's like, okay, so we don't need it. And people feel a struggle over that. But that's the truth. That's what happened. And I'm like, well, maybe, but it's not relevant. Similarly, if you think about, you know, putting together a resume for a particular job, you're not necessarily going to put everything in it. You're going to put in the things that are absolutely relevant, that make it look like you've spent your whole life preparing to get this particular job, right? That's the art of writing resumes, good resumes. The same with storytelling. Every story has to be relevant in that moment for that particular reason. And so what actually happened, all the details around it are not so important And that's the work of preparing a good story is being able to pare away the stuff that's really not crucial so that the story has um, every word counts, you know, every piece of it is important. So it's not something that you just, you know, think about and then go tell it unless you're very, very experienced. I mean, I can, I can do it now, but I've been, I've been doing this for decades, right? So um, for most people who are starting out with this exploration of storytelling, or even people who are great speakers, but maybe haven't thought about their stories that much, I definitely believe you have to do the crafting, do the work on the story, understand the message for yourself, understand the potential of the message for others, practice it a thousand times, and then try it out. And, and then the trick is to make it sound like you've never told it before, right. which is a, the most fun. When you can do that, it's, it's just wonderful. And people come up to you and they're like, oh, thank you so much for sharing as if you've never shared it before. And, you know, it feels great. Yeah. That's, that's uh, fascinating. I can already, uh, I know some of my stories that I'm already going to change. What do you say to people? Because I get this question a lot also. But, um, you know, it's the telling the same story over and over again. Mm. Again, it comes down to if it's relevant for the audience, that's great. But if you're bored with your own story, you need to change it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, the thing. I, I sometimes see that with storytellers who are, you know, professional storytellers who have the set of stories they already tell, they always tell. And what happens is they might be very animated and they very, might be very theatrical, but they you don't feel their presence in the story. And that to me is it's kind of vaguely entertaining, but it doesn't move people. Mm. And I believe that, yeah, as I said, if your story does not inspire you, stop telling it or change it. That's the first thing. And if you feel like, oh, I'm so sick of telling the same story, then then just don't tell it. I, I think we have a wealth of stories to choose from. If you think about it, we're creating stories every day of our life. Everything that happens is potentially a new story. If I mean, that was one of the gifts that I got from one of my early coaches in my business, where she said to me, if you want to build a following, you need to tell more stories. And my first response to that was, you know, my life isn't that interesting. 
And she said, oh, I trust you. It'll be fine. And I began to really notice because I had to write a story every week. I wrote a blog for 10 years. Every Tuesday, my stories came out. Because I had to come up with a story every week, I began to notice what was going on that might have some little potential, some little spark that I could turn into a story and started to realize that these were the stories that created the memories. These are the stories that created the presence in my life. And there's an endless amount of them. So there is not one thing that got you to where you are right now. There is not one, um, you know, situation, one single situation. There may be stronger ones than others. But again, if you're fed up telling your one story, tell it differently, tell a different story, tell a different experience. And you'll find that suddenly things will change. I mean, I find that I would suddenly find an experience from 10 years before and realize, gosh, that's got potential as something to tell. And then by the time I've thought about it and crafted it and really thought about what it could mean, it becomes, it can become a very resonant story for people. And it, it almost like relives that experience and it brings a different perspective into the work. So it's never ending that quest for strong stories. And, and we have a pool of, of experiences of life experiences. So yeah, so it's just being open to and open and seeing your own stories that are all around you. Mm -hmm. I remember a speaker once saying, you know, carry a notebook with you and you need to like, like write down at the end of the day, like what stories happened, you know, Absolutely. just, you know, just to get into that habit of yeah. noticing your own stories. Can you tell us about your upcoming book? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> so it's called The Story Advantage. It's the power of storytelling to engage, inspire, and influence. And it's really the culmination of, you know, more than, I guess, close to two decades of work around storytelling, which began as a corporate trainer and a corporate learning and development person and moved into my entrepreneurial journey. And really, it speaks to the very simple process of finding your stories crafting your stories and telling your stories. It's, it's literally that. So it's, um, it's very exciting for me because it's a, it's a book that just kind of once I got clear that I was, yes, I was going to do this, it just kind of poured out of me because it's what I've been talking about for decades. It's the workshops I've been doing. It's the work with the entrepreneurs that I've been doing and the work with my leaders. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really the one thing that I think um is interesting as well because my background is as a professional storyteller I've infused a lot of stories in the book so um and not just personal stories but uh, also personal stories but as well stories that are you know they're meaningful for me from the world of folklore from the world of um just the, the kinds of stories I've heard people storytellers tell or I've told myself over the decades that create a lot of meaning and direction within this exploration of stories so yeah it's it's fun <laughs> i am so excited to get my hands on a copy so how can people like either pre-order or get on a wait list um can you share that yeah i mean I, I probably the best thing is to give you the link that you can post um and uh it, it'll be on my story-coach.com website probably um, you know, we're just sorting out the various different pages, but um, probably the best thing is to give you that link. You can put it in and it'll bring people directly to that place. Great. Um, so by the time this episode actually is live, I will make sure that that is in the show notes yeah. so that we, we can either 
you know, pre-order the book or just get on Lisa's wait list. <laughs> yeah, and it depends. The if the book is already out, you'll find it in all places you get your books, which is The Story Advantage by Lisa Bloom. Actually, L.J. Bloom. Um, so you'll, you'll find it there. Yeah. That is so exciting. So two other questions for you. Okay. Uh, what books are on your nightstand? So I always have a pile of books. And to be honest, I often have my Kindle on my nightstand. Um, because I'm a Kindle gal very often. Um, I guess one of the books that's got a permanent position on my nightstand is Byron Katie's um, Loving What Is. It's one of the books that I absolutely adore. Um, there's also, I love novels. There's a wonderful novel by Niall Williams, who's an Irish writer, speaks to my, my, uh, my roots because um, I grew up in Ireland. And he... Um, it has a lot of books, but the one I love is particularly is called Just Say the Word, which I read and reread and reread. Um, yeah, but I, I read a lot. So um, that's why I need a Kindle, because I just go through books so fast. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so one other question before we close, and like what piece of advice would you give um, like a new entrepreneur just venturing into this world? So. Obviously, in, in terms of storytelling, um, you know, the most common thing I hear from people is I don't have interesting stories or I don't have a story. And I would invite people to just get quiet within themselves and notice the moments that they feel something shift and notice, you know, the reason they do what they do and what it was that happened that made them make this decision to become what they're becoming on their entrepreneurial journey. Because embedded in that are really, really powerful stories. Um, and another thing I want to suggest, you know, a lot of my work is around the inner story, you know, so we have the story we tell others, but then we have the story we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there's a little bit of a battle going on around the stories we tell ourselves. And I want to just encourage people that if they're experiencing conflict or they're experiencing, you know, difficulty, pain, then oftentimes it's the story they're telling themselves. There's a little kind of nasty little story hiding out there. And I want to just encourage people to remember that those stories are never true. Mm -hmm. Never, ever true. They usually belong to somebody else. They usually come out of an interpretation that was, you know, very, very old or somebody else's opinion. And to allow themselves to release those stories so that they can create more powerful stories moving forward. Because when we shift the story we tell, we, sh we literally shift the reality we live. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and it's, it's amazing because when we have experiences and we go tell somebody else that experience, we only tell a small percentage of pure facts. The rest is the story we create. It's, it's the story we tell ourselves and the story we then tell others. Yeah. The weird thing is that we call that truth as if there is this, you know, completely one way of seeing things. And instead, it's actually a very, very subjective version of what happened. And so I think what's really empowering is that if you can create a powerful story for yourself, and it's not by making something up, it's by really seeing the, the version of the story that really empowers you and makes you feel strong, the lesson you've learned, the, even from hard experiences, the lessons you've learned, the way you've become stronger. When you tell that story, your reality completely shifts and you're able to do so many things. And as an entrepreneur, we have to tell powerful stories because it's not an easy journey, right? It's, there's lots of up and downs. It's very challenging. 
but it's so worth it. And it's so worth it when you embrace those powerful stories. It just feels almost limitless what you can do. And, and that is so exciting. You and I could spend hours talking about just the topic of telling the, the stories that we tell ourselves and really how to change those stories to actually move yourself forward. But I want to thank you so much for, for um, being on the show today and that this is going to be on YouTube and also on the podcast. But just one more time, where can people find you? So anything with Story Coach, essentially, that's where I am. My website is story-coach.com. We have all kinds of, you know, downloadable things around using stories to attract great clients and so on. And of course, my book, The Story Advantage, will be out momentarily, depending on when this airs. So you can look up The Story Advantage and you'll find my new book. And I'm super excited to invite you into the world of storytelling. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, wow, was that not a fabulous interview with Lisa herself and her about her new book? And I tell you, we could have her back on the show and just talk about that inner story, about that the inner story that each of us tells ourselves that really does, um, those inner stories have the potential to really hold us back. They not has the potential, it does have the potential to hold us back. But also that same story, the stories that we tell ourselves actually can move us forward. So when you just think about that, that these stories that you are telling your potential clients, you're telling audiences, like how to work with you, what kind of results you get for your clients. I mean, there's an immense amount of value here and you're not going to be boring the people who are listening to you because stories are so entertaining. Our brains, and you've probably heard me say this before, our brains are hardwired for stories. So I um, hope you enjoyed this, this episode. Please feel free to leave us a review and we'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review and as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.